In this episode we talk to Sarah Crowes and collaborator Akira Akira, and hear excerpts from their polyphonic social performance. Sarah is a visual artist working across discipline boundaries of contemporary art, publishing and performance recently involving sound artists and the production of diagrammatic scores, instruction works and word, events presented in the form of paintings and backdrops. This interview and performance was recorded on the 19th of October 2019 at Abbotsford Convent as part of Liquid Architecture's Polyphonic Social Programme. My contribution to Polyphonic Social is called Sound Scene and this is actually a very early experimental stage of the project which is probably going to unfold over at least a year, possibly, you know, up to five years. And one of the first things that I envisaged is a book of open source scores that are, are you know, available for anybody to, to use and interpret and perform. And uh, I'm a visual artist, and my practice is very grounded in painting. And I'm really interested in diagrammatic and text-based imagery that has the potential to catalyze action. So um, Joel from Liquid Architecture heard about the beginning thinking of this project and uh, invited me to do something at Polyphonic Social. I felt like I wasn't quite ready, but I I saw that it was a good idea to just kind of jump in and get it happening and be quite spontaneous. So I see what we've presented as uh, early kind of forays or sketches in the proceedings. I think about material a lot. Quite a bit of them being in the form of, uh, you know, textile is uh, due to practical concerns because, in fact, the, the widest of those scores is on very fine Belgian painter's linen. So it's not, it looks like sackcloth, but it's, you know, <laughs> $100 a metre fine painter's linen. and. I've been to Flanders in Belgium and been to the place where it was the flax was grown and um, then woven and so I've followed the material and I'm very attached to working with linen because it's quite a sustainable uh, surface and it's also I can also reuse it and it's got a, a long life and it changes over time in a way that I find really interesting. Uh, but also I, I think of them as paintings and maybe if I was very rich and didn't have such a concern about, you know, a sustainable practice, I might make like massive kick-ass kind of stretches and, you know, <laughs> have 
uh, couriers to ship them in and all that kind of thing. But as as it is in that unstretched form of linen, they um, I can just roll them up or fold them up, and I can take them to a venue in you know on the tram or on my sometimes on my bike or you know in a car. <laughs> so it's kind of like a practical thing, but I actually don't think of them in terms of textile art. People are always looking at me and think I'm, I'm this textiles person, but uh, I do a lot of other things. It's something that's still evolving, and I, I do reuse quite a few kind of what I call glyphs or forms. But um, at this early stage, I'm developing each score collaboratively with a sound artist or a musician, and so part of that process is discovering how I can work with them and what, how they respond, and sometimes it's taken more the form of words to communicate. Um, but I also am working on developing a kind of series of, of glyphs that have a key. So there might be, that might be another way to approach it. But I think every situation is going to be quite different. So, some people will look at a visual score and some shapes or colours or symbols and immediately kind of improvise other people like want something quite clear and directional. So it's a question of kind of responding and going through a process with them about what might work. Eventually, when I put them out in the world, I guess it's just up to people what they do with them. The shape they've taken for polyphonic social is a response to the space and what I could do there because I think the solution of hanging them, it's beautiful and love the way they're wafting in the breeze and they actually do make that space more intimate. If I had in fact been presented with this opportunity in a white-walled gallery, which is more typical of where I work, I probably would have just made pieces that nailed onto the wall and I probably could have walked in and installed it in 20 minutes. Instead, you know, it was a scissor lift and quite a complex 
process, but because the laundry walls are sacrosanct and we couldn't even lean anything on them. That seemed like the solution. I've worked with, um, I guess, three or four sort of sets. Lucrecia Quintanilla, we've been talking about a collaboration for quite a long time, and we both have an interest in bass culture, and, you know, she has that sound system stack, and I kind of grew up in the UK and was very immersed in a kind of whole punk dub culture in the 19, late 1970s, so that's my kind of teenage, you know, deep... Uh, musical kind of imprint that I still um, love uh, and so uh, everyone's been very busy and it's been such a short lead up time that the, the ways we've worked have been a little bit less uh, to and fro than probably we would have liked but she she's made a pre-recorded sound file and she's done that with an understanding of her um, the sound system and what kind of noise she can get from that. Um, Luke Ahi, who is aka Luke Witten and Kirk Bodie, they, um, Luke and I have always had intense conversations about music, um, like pretty much dub, reggae and hip hop, but we have a kind of similar interest um, and he's made soundtracks to go with my painting exhibitions before. And, and also Kirk has contributed to a performance that we all did together. So that, that kind of score, which is still in a draft form actually, they're still working it out, but I, I feel like that's very much, I hadn't heard it before, but it's very much kind of what I expected from the, the way the, the graphics and words unfolded. Then the other one, the other collaboration between, um, we've got Sage Pabapata and Justin Myberg, who are kind of, have come on right at the end, like Joel suggested, that perhaps they'd be great because they've got experience improvising and working together. So what they've come up with has been a complete surprise, but it's very interesting because um, Akira Akira, um, an artist who has been working for a few years with uh, needlepoint tapestries. He made these amazing, they're, they're quite monochrome, but he stitches in rows like quite endlessly and in a very focused way. He leaves, when the thread runs out, there's a gap. And he kind of transferred those spaces, plotted them out and made them into a score. And so they've become part of the scores that I've put on those long drops. Well, perhaps Akira can explain how he created the sound from the, from the score. I made a diagram of those gaps that Sarah just mentioned. Then I transferred 
those gaps as numbers into Excel spreadsheet. And then by chance, by listening to uh, uh, BBC World Service program uh, really early in the morning, they were talking about uh, data sonification. Uh, I, I have no musical training or any kind of musical inkling or background, but I thought it was really interesting that I, something that I make over the course of weeks can be turned into a little piece of music or sound. So, uh, yeah, that's a little uh, piece that I contributed. You know, I've got these ideas about how these collaborative scores come together, but then, you know, that just blew my mind in another direction. And every time I do something with someone, it's like, oh, I hadn't thought of... You know, and it, it's for me. What's really liberating is that I'm very um, particular and specific about visual stuff. It's like I've been doing it, you know, most of my life, many years, and so collabor collaborating in that area is really irksome to me because I know what I kind of want to go with. And whereas in the sound area, I can just really give over to what other people want to do or what feedback I'm getting. I don't feel I've got that horrible judgment or criticality in that area at all. So that's quite amazing for me. But I sort of, as I've said to people, like, I don't have to like it. Um, you know, whatever you do is going to be really interesting to me, even thing, something that's full of silence and, you know, in fact, you know, one of these works is very beautifully quiet. So I'm just like mind blown. This episode was produced by Mara Shret Vega for Liquid Architecture on the land of the Boon Wurrung and Woi Wurrung people of the Kulin Nation. We acknowledge them as the traditional owners of this land and recognize that sovereignty has never been ceded. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Liquid Architecture is an Australian organization for artists working with sound and listening. To learn more, head to liquidarchitecture.org. Dot AU.